Today is the first Sunday of the month of July. And uh, normally what we do is we just revisit our uh, promised verse and uh, see where we stand and how the word is ministering to us. Is it just a word? Because there is life in the word of God. And if God has given us a promise, are we experiencing that promise or what's happening? That's what normally we do on the first Sunday of July. So today we would like to talk on leading a fruitful life based on the promise verse that we have received. You know, the first cases of COVID-19 were reported in December 2019. Soon, it became a raging monster all over the world. Over the past year and a half, mutant variants have been springing up on us and taking us by surprise. But all this has not at all been a surprise to our God. If God in his sovereignty has allowed it, he has a good plan for each one of his children. During this pandemic time, as we have noticed physical growth in our children, I hope we too have experienced considerable growth in our spiritual life. The forced confinement, restrictions of movement, staying with family members, health challenges have all been opportunities that have helped us to get closer to God and to one another. We all know the promise was as found in Isaiah 27, six, in days to come, Jacob, will take root, Israel will bud and blossom and fill all the world with fruit. We have been saved to lead a fruitful life. We are now into the seventh month of 2021. So this is a good time to reflect and see how we have been in the first six months and how we can be more fruitful in the remaining six months. To begin with, what all desirable changes do we notice in our personal life? Is there any change in our personal life? life during this past six months. The reason why I'm telling you this is 
we can be fruitful only if we are intentional about it. For example, if anybody is interested in physical fitness, he has to be intentional. He has to make a plan. Maybe he has to set apart some time, join a gym, consult some health experts. Or if you want to play a musical, learn how to play a musical instrument, we have to be intentional. So if you want to see some change in our lives, we have to be intentional. We need to develop a strong desire and determination to see positive changes in our lives. We should have an increasing hunger for God and the things of God. My prayer is that our desire for Jesus would become stronger with the passing of each day and month. So the question is, how can we lead a fruitful life? For our short meditation, let us listen to the scripture reading taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. I am the true wine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burnt. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Glorious Father, as we meditate on the word of God, minister to us, speak to us, O Lord. Let the word produce 30, 60, 100-fold harvest for your glory and for your honor. Take control of our thoughts, O Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is the seventh and the last I am saying in the gospel of John. In saying, I am the true wine, our Lord Jesus may be contrasting himself with the people of Israel, who as wine failed 
to please God by not bearing the fruit expected from them. Now, Jesus Christ has come down from heaven to give divine life to the world. Jesus is the true vine. Just as a branch depends entirely on the vine for life, growth, and fruit, so believers depend completely on the Lord Jesus Christ as the source for their spiritual growth. More so, God's plan for his children is that they bear much fruit, not just fruit, much fruit by remaining in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, how does this happen? The first thing that we see in this passage is God prunes. God clips us, trims us. God prunes. Because John 15, 1 and 2 say, I am the true wine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Our God, the Father, who is the gardener, cuts off every branch that bears no fruit and prunes those that bear fruit. Can you imagine in God's hand, you find instruments like a clipper, a cutter, a scissor, and God prunes us. Pruning is done when a branch is growing in a wrong direction or when a branch is obstructing the growth of other branches. Just as a vine needs pruning, God prunes our lives. God's pruning is not done to harm us or punish us. We should be very clear about it. It is not to harm us. It is not because there is something wrong with us. God prunes only those whom he loves and to make them even more fruitful. There are branches that God cuts away and throws it into fire, but God prunes only those whom he loves and to make them even more fruitful. So how does God prune us? God does it in many ways, but ordinarily we see it in two different ways or in two common ways. First, God prunes us through his words because Jesus, while speaking to his disciples, in verse three, he said, you're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you which clearly indicates that the word of God can prune us, can cleanse us. And we all know Hebrews chapter four, verse 12, 
for the word of god is alive and active sharper than any double edged sword it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart we should allow the word of god to be a pruning tool in the hand of god we can read the word of god as we read any other book but we can also read the word of god and allow it to be a tool in the hand of god when we read the bible god shows our shortcomings and how we can begin to live in a way that pleases him our entire focus should be to please god you know in ecclesiastes chapter 2 towards the end if you come it says to those who please god any person who pleases god god will bless him with wisdom knowledge and happiness so our focus should be to please god to live for god and it is god's word that gives us power to live a life that produces fruit it is not only it gives us the power to live a life that produces fruit it helps us to please our god god who has saved us while we were in the miry clay he came down he came down to pick us up from the dirt he's our god i'm sure we all want to please him the very purpose that we have been saved is to live for him to give him glory the second common way that god helps us to prune us is through our relationships god puts all those fruit testers around us to make sure we are producing the right fruit god creates all this different types of people and he throws them all together not in different cabins all different it's like bringing all the different animals in one cabin god creates all these different types of people and throws them all together when we are all alone if i am the single animal in the cabin you know i am like a little angel everything is peaceful everything is perfect but how are we when our spouse our children and other family members enter that holy place what is our expression do we scream at them do we tell them that you are not required or are we happy it is only through these interactions do we get to see our real fruits it is those closest to us who will really see 
what kind of fruit we have. It is my wife who can be sure about the kind of fruit I have. I can put up a nice show in front of all of you, but not in front of my wife. So it is only through this closest real interactions, we get to see our real fruits. And that's how pruning takes place. It is those closest to us who will really see what kind of fruit we have. Because God uses our closest relationships to produce our greatest fruit. When we read the Western literature, we should be very careful because they almost make that compatibility is a must for marriage. You know, we are not bringing psychology about the scripture of God. God has a different purpose altogether in marriage. It is about glorifying God. Compatibility is not a must. I'm not saying it's not, it's not, it's absolutely wrong. I'm not saying that. Don't go beyond a limit. It is the word of God. It is God whom, who, who himself will produce the fruit when he brings different people in a marriage union. So that God can produce the greatest fruit in our lives. So experience pruning, let us take it as a sign that God is taking an active role in our growth. Pruning is always for our growth. Is it not encouraging that God is pruning us? So when God prunes us, he puts us into difficult situations. Difficult people will cross our lines. So what should be our response? We should expect it. We should embrace it. We should endure it and become more fruitful. That's the way we grow in our spiritual life. If God doesn't prune us, we will not grow in our spiritual life. It is these simple, ordinary, day-to-day -day situations through which we become fruitful. It is not by you know, addressing a meeting or a congregation or a public uh, meeting. It is in our day-to-day -day ordinary life, we need to be fruitful. God prunes us. He prunes us so that we bear much fruit. Jesus said in John 15, 5, I am the wine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Much fruit means the abundance of fruit. 
God is not interested that just we bear few fruits. God is interested that we bear much fruit. That is God's plan for each one of us. Your wine has branches and the function of the branches is to bear fruit. So in the synoptic gospels, like when we read the gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, bearing fruit means doing good works. God expects good works from human beings and when they fail to perform, to do those good things, that will lead to God's judgment when you read the other three gospels. And in the Pauline epistles, we have the fruit of the spirit. We all know that. But in the gospel of John, bearing fruit denotes all aspects of the Christian life. It includes doing good works. It includes the fruit of the spirit. And it includes much more than that. It shows a life lived in close communion with our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why you don't find any details about the fruit. There's no description about the fruit. It, is, it just describes the lifestyle, the essence and quality of life. Those who bear fruit, according to the Gospel of John, they reproduce Jesus' life in their earthly life. And by that, the Father's glory will be revealed to the world. Whenever we reproduce Jesus' life, it's not about my life. When God gives me the grace to reproduce Jesus' life, that's when the Father's glory will be revealed to the world. So our life should be the means by which the life of Jesus is reproduced in our daily activities, in our homes, workplaces, and neighborhood. As I said, this is spiritual life. This is Christian spirituality. Christian spirituality is not what we do on Sunday. Christian spirituality is what we do from Monday till Saturday. The life of Jesus is reproduced in our ordinary mundane things. And Christian spirituality is practiced in our homes, in our workplaces, and in neighborhoods. And this reproduction of Jesus' life, if we want to reproduce the life of Jesus, it is possible only if our lives are so joined with Jesus' life that his life flows through us. Imagine your source of water. And then you are connecting a pipe to that source. So Jesus is that source of water and we are that, our life is that pipe. And when that pipe is not connected properly, you know what will be the outflow, how much water will just, you know, will be wasted 
and what will be the outflow. But if the pipe is connected tightly to that source of water, you can know that how much water will flow out of that pipe. That's what's meant that how we are joined with Jesus' life. He is the source. There's abundance of water with Jesus. But is our pipe tightly connected to that source? So how do we do that? By looking at the life of Jesus. So life of Jesus is so big, so significant. But let me capture or let me just point out few of the things. What's meant by bearing fruit. You know, Jesus' whole life was a ministry, a service to others. For, for the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. There was no selfishness, no self, self-centeredness. That's why Paul says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. That is the life of Jesus. That is the source. We never become the best servants of God by letting our earthly desires have full control. That's why Paul says, put to death your earthly desires. Put to death your earthly desires for the love of Jesus to flow through your body. It is no longer you who live. It is Christ who lives in you. I pray that will be our desire. Because when you look at that source, it is so awesome. It's wonderful. It's so beautiful. There's only goodness in that, in that source. There is no self-centeredness. Let's desire that source more and more. Let's get closer to that source and let us hunger for that source. And whenever we praise God, that is also considered as fruitfulness. Hebrews 13, 15 says, through Jesus, therefore let us continually offer to God Yes, sacrifice our praise. Whenever we praise him, it is not a work that we do. It is the fruit that we bear. And how sincerely and how devotedly we praise God. That is the fruit. The Bible identifies the sacrificial love in meeting the needs of others as fruit. In our kindness, when we just share what we have with others, less privileged people, people who need little help, when we do that, that's considered as fruit. We are fruit, fruit bearing tree. Fruit may also be defined, defined as a holy 
righteous, God-honoring behavior in general. That's the reason John the Baptist, I'm not getting into details on these verses. I'm just drawing your attention. John the Baptist started preaching, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. If our salvation is genuine, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And Paul said, the fruit of, in the, in the gospel of uh, Matthew, we find that whenever the word of God falls on a good soil, it produces 160 or 30 times. Let, let us allow our daily devotion to be a time when that seed falls on that good soil. Let us look for that, that seed. And Paul said the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. And this was the prayer for the believers, Paul's prayer for the believers in Colossae. He says, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. That's how we bear much fruit. If we do all this, it shows we are bearing much fruit. Now we want to bear much fruit. How do we do it? The answer is very simple. Jesus said, remain in me. Remain in me. Very simple. Remain in me. Let your life be connected to my life tightly. Let there be no gap. Let there be no leak. Remain in Jesus. So my water, my source, my life will flow through your life. It is simple. Remain in Jesus. Jesus said in John 15, 4, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Remain in me as I also remain in you is the key statement of John chapter 15. This is the key statement. Remain in me and also as I also remain in you. You know, Bishop Apaswami calls this as Mahavakya. Mahavakya. The great utterance. That's how we termed it. You know, Bishop Apaswami is the one who, you know, uh, who practiced bhakti devotion. And he also encouraged people to be so devoted to Lord Jesus, to lead a pious life. And for him, this was the key statement. Remain in me as I also remain in you. People have written books on just this one phrase. Remain in me as I also remain in you. Because for Bishop Apaswami calls it, as the Mahavakya for Christian spirituality, 
whenever we think about our spiritual life, the first thing that comes, that should come to our mind is, am I remain, do I remain in Jesus? And that will give the answer. That is the essence of Christian spirituality. Life of Jesus should flow in and through our life. It is no longer we who live, it is Christ who lives in us. And that is our focus. You know, just as sap flows from the wine stem to all its branches. If you're a botany student, you'll understand how the sap flows through the wine stem to all its branches. So life flows from Jesus. Our essence, our nutrients, you know, human physiology, if you study, they will say if it is from the small intestines, you have the projections like willy that takes your nutrients to the bloodstream. So for our spirituality, it is Jesus Christ himself should flow in and through us. That is Christian spirituality. Everything else is less than that. Once we commit our, li commit our lives to Jesus, it is no longer we have strength in ourselves. It is no longer about our life, our desires, because our very nutrients comes from Jesus. We absorb from Jesus, like the small intestines through your belly, the nutrients flows through the bloodstream for our spiritual life. Whatever we derive from Jesus, that is our food. That's why Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That is our essence, our daily nutrients. And we have to absorb this food from our Jesus. And how does this happen? It happens when we remain in Jesus Christ. Remain in me as I also remain in you. We should make the words of Jesus our constant theme of meditation every day. It is the word of God which should strengthen us, which should lead us. And we should obey the word of God. It is not just knowing the word of God. It is obeying the word of God. And as we do that, as our situation is never static, it changes. And the word of God, God strengthens us to face our everyday challenges. And we can be nurtured, strengthened just by meditating and absorbing, not just reading, meditating. And we have to derive nutrients from the word of God. It is not a magic word, but it is God's word. We should derive that nutrients so that our inner being is strengthened. It is only as we meditate. Meditation is not an optional thing. 
We find in so many places the word meditate, at least 29 times or so, we find in the Bible. As we meditate more and more, we are able to surrender our ego. Our ego, man's ego is too big, too large. And it is only the word of God which helps us to surrender our ego. When God fills that place, it is so big. It can never be satisfied with any worldly things. It will always rattle if you put the worldly things. It is only when Jesus comes and occupies that place because it has been created so big to receive our Lord Jesus Christ. And when he comes and occupies it, we are able to surrender our ego to God. And God reigns over our desires and dreams. That's the reason we find in Joshua 1.8, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Daytime is not enough. Day and night so that you may be called to do everything written in it then you will be prosperous and successful. We all want to be prosperous and successful. In fact, God wants us to be prosperous and successful. God has given us the way, meditate on it day and night. You must be careful to do everything written in it. Meditation alone is not enough. We have to obey the word of God. This is a promise of God. And if we meditate on scripture, God will bless us. God's promises are always yes and amen in Jesus Christ. In days to come, you will bear fruit. Though you will take root. And you will bud and blossom and fill all the earth with fruit. It's, it's God's promise. God wants us to lead a fruitful life. Meditation is not a rocket science. It is very simple. You know, Rick Warren says that if we know how to worry, then we know how to meditate. It's as simple as that. If we know how to worry, we know how to meditate. I think he has put it in a very simple terms. What do we do when we worry? We take a negative thought and go over and over it in our minds. And the more we worry, the bigger our thought gets. Now, what is meditation? In meditation, we take the word of God and go over and over it in our minds. As we meditate on the word of God, it will produce positive results in our lives. That's why meditation is important. As we allow the word of God to flow through our body, flow through our system, our lives are changed, our lives are transformed. So the question is, do we have a time and place with God? Do we have a time and place with God? And what distractions do we need to eliminate so that we can meditate on God's word. I don't know, uh, you know, th there is a secular movement 
that's all over the world. Uh, it's called as Awaz. Uh, they take up issues like justice, and, uh, exploitation, pollution, all those issues. It's a, it's a huge uh, movement. And next Sunday, they are going to observe screen-free Sunday. They're not Christians. They're going to observe screen-free Sunday. Christians will call it as fasting. How many of us have ever observed fasting of our gadgets? Secular people have come to the realization that screen addiction is linked to increased anxiety, loneliness, and depression. Take this word seriously. And, and their very work is on internet. But they feel we need to be free from this addiction. And so they are going to observe it July 11th. As children of God, do we have that uninterrupted time with God? It's important. Remaining in Jesus is not optional but essential in order to bear fruit. It is, you, it is not about the videos. You know, you may say it's all Christian videos and all that. It is you with your eyes, with your hands, with your thoughts, sitting in the presence of God with the word of God. That's where transformation takes place. If you want to be truly fruitful, Remain in me, remain in me. So when we remain in Jesus, we don't have to announce it to the world. Those who remain in Jesus will be recognized by the people close to them and the world as his followers by the fruit they bear. It is the people who are closest to you can tell you whether you bear fruit or not. We are all good people. When we meet strangers, we are well dignified, sweet, but it's only people who are closest to us can tell us whether we are followers of Jesus or not. And it's important for us. And we bear fruit. God wants us to be fruitful. Not only fruitful, Jesus says, bear much fruit. That is God's plan for your life and for my life. Difficult situations, challenges, they come into our lives so that God is pruning so that we bear more fruit in our lives. How do we apply this message? The first thing is welcome God's pruning. When I say welcome God's pruning, when we think of pruning, let us not think about big, big things. I'm not a drunkard. I don't smoke. I don't gamble. Pruning is fine tuning. It is just chipping away those rough edges. 
it is just polishing little bit. He's the potter. He knows how to polish us. It is just making us shine better. It's little, little things. As you are listening to this message, ask God, ask the Holy Spirit to point out, where are those rough edges? I'm sure all of us have something to be pruned. I said, it's not about major things. It is little, little. We need constant pruning. If you have to be fruitful till the last breath of our lives, we have to be pruned. And it's a blessing. Pruning is not a punishment. It's a blessing because God hymns, God's hand prunes us. And that's a blessing. Ask the spirit of God. What are the things that are need to be pruned in your life? The second thing is remain in Jesus. Let God the Father do his work. He has sent his son to this world so that we'll be more fruitful. And let's remain in Jesus. Jesus said, I am the wine, you are the branches. Let us not become wine. Can you ever imagine a branch that is not attached to the wine? What will happen to that branch? So remain in Jesus. You and I are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to bear much fruit. Our fruitfulness is in direct proportion to the extent we remain in Jesus. The more we remain in Jesus, the more we will produce fruit. There's no limit to it. It's unlimited. Let us always remember, apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. The branch has to be connected to the wine. What comes to your mind when you think of pruning? Over all this, remember, the banner over you is God's love. It is God's love. God loves you so much. God loves each one of us so much. The more we understand his love, even this COVID-19, all these difficult situations, it is because of God's love is doing something good in our lives. Speak to yourself and say, the banner over my life is God's love. The banner over me is God's love. Speak to your heart. Speak to your situations and speak to your circumstances. We are the most hopeful people in this world. Whether there's a third wave or no, I don't know all that. But we are the most hopeful people because the banner over me and you is God's love. Unconditional love, unfailing love. Welcome God's pruning. Remain in Jesus. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Glorious Father, what a great God we serve. 
your plan and purpose for each one of us is to bear much fruit. And Lord, you as a gardener, you yourself is involved in that. When you are our gardener, we will never fail, O oh God. We have all been created to bear much fruit. Holy Spirit, I pray you will bring it to our notice, all those things that are to be pruned in our lives. Those little, little things, those little foxes that are to be pruned in our lives so that the life of Jesus will flow in and through our lives so that God's glory is revealed to the world. We bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.